Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Well, hello again, y'all, and welcome to episode 78 here on Kitchen Table Theology. I'm Pastor Jeff Cranston. And I'm Jen Denton. And today's topic, as we continue our series on angelology, is how you and I relate to angels and how angels relate to us. We see a lot of interaction in Scripture between humans and angels that's documented, don't we? Yeah, we really do. Hi again, Kitchen Table Theologians. We're going to talk some more about angels, and there are a lot of encounters, human encounters or angelic encounters with humans. Maybe that's the better way to say Mm -hmm. it in the Bible. Daniel had a bunch of them. In Daniel chapter 10, Michael the archangel, he came and helped David. And Jen and I have got a few we'll just throw out here now. Mm-hmm. In Acts, we read of an angel talking to Philip. Yep. That was something that we kind of thought about as a surprise, right? You know, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. Yes, he did. You want to weigh in on that one? <laughs> Well, knowing how men are with directions, I, yeah, we, Jen and I were talking earlier. We really wondered if Philip actually followed those actual directions or he had to stop three times to if ask. If he did, I bet he did it through gritted teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, he, if, if, if the angel had been sending a woman, she, she probably wouldn't even need a directions. Probably not. <laughs> In Revelation, the apostle John saw an angel and he fell down to worship him. And the angel immediately, I mean, you can almost hear this, like mm. you can almost see the angel reaching down and picking him stop, up. Stop, and stop. He goes, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you. So that tells us something about angels right there. Mm-hmm. And your brothers, so I'm a servant with you and your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus, worship God. And then in Acts 27, Paul recounts how an angel from God was sent to him. He said, this very night there stood before me an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all who sail with you. I guess he was getting ready to take a trip there. I would guess. Yeah. So not only did that angel intervene and speak to him, he called him by his name Yep. and had some specifics there. This angel came to Paul with a clear message from God, Mm -hmm. providing him again with directions and guidance. So yeah, there's angelic interaction with human beings all throughout the Bible. And by the way, Jen, did you know that just before Christmas one year, God was looking down at earth and he saw all the evil that was going on. So he decided to send an angel down to earth to check it out. So he called one of his best angels and sent the angel to earth and the angel stayed down here for a while. When the angel returned, it told God, yep, it, it's pretty bad on earth. 95% actually, 95% is bad, and only 5% is good. Well, God thought for a moment, said, that that's not good, so maybe I'd better send down a second angel and get another point of view. So God called another angel, sent that angel to earth for some time, and when that angel returned, it went to God and said, yep, it's, it's sure enough, bad on earth, 95% is bad, 5% is good. So, you know, God says, okay, this isn't good, but, you know, I'm, I'm loving that 5%. So God decided to email the 5% that were good. 
And he wanted to encourage those folks, you know, give them a little something to help keep them going. And Jen, do you know what that email said? I do not. So you didn't get that email either? <laughs> I did not get that email. I did not get it. We done been left behind. <laughs> okay, that that none of that oh, was theologically accurate. No, it was not. Theology. It was not, including the left behind reference. Well, let me bring us back on point here and kitchen table theologians. I just got these angelic jokes. I got to get I, out I of my system. I don't know. We got. I we need to send a blanket <laughs> apology for these jokes you've had the past two podcasts. I think maybe we should we should watch. We should have our sound engineers see if there's a drastic drop off you know you can see the minutes people watch and if they stop right at the minute the joke they uh, yeah they they hit they hit stop and click yeah. off yeah <laughs> it's probably it's, it's probably rather precipitous <laughs> but at any rate whether you're in the car working out or going for a walk or maybe even sitting at your kitchen table with a cup of coffee in front of you we do want to say welcome on today's podcast, we're going to continue our study on the doctrine of angelology. And today, Pastor Jeff, we're going to be talking about interactions humans have had with angels. So how about you get us started? Absolutely. Well, hi again, everyone, and thanks for joining us here at the table. So let's talk today about our relationship to angels. I'm going to be following, for this podcast, following a little outline here that's provided by Dr. Wayne Grudem in his book, Bible Doctrine. I love that book, and I'm, I turn to it often. So, uh, Dr. Grudem, thanks for your help. I think we can begin with this statement, and then we'll unpack it a little bit. So the statement is this. We should be aware of angels in our daily lives. That's We're talking about our interaction with them. Let's just begin that we should be aware of angels in our daily lives. So what do we mean by that? Well, Scripture makes it really clear God wants us to be aware of the existence of angels and the nature of what they do, their activities. We shouldn't just assume, therefore, that it's, it's you know, the Bible is just full of teaching about angels, and it has nothing to do with our lives today because they really do. You know, there, there are several ways in which our Christian lives can be enriched by an awareness of the existence and ministry of angels in the world today. For example, when we come before God in worship, and Jen, I think you'll especially appreciate this because you've been part of the worship ministry here at Low Country Community Church for, for a long, long time. Whenever we come before God in worship, we are joining not only with a great company of believers who have died and come into God's presence in heaven. Now, there's a podcast. But we're also joining with a great throng of angels that Hebrews 12.22 calls a myriad of angels or myriads of angels, a festive gathering. So they become part of our worship experience. And though we do not ordinar ordinarily see or hear evidence of this worship, it certainly enriches our sense of reverence and joy in God's presence, if we appreciate the fact that angels join us in the worship of God. Mm -hmm. And that is something that, that I will speak a little bit into just as far as our worship ministry here and other worship leaders that we've met with, you know, in, in different conferences or different fellowship that we've had. There is this concept of never for trying, or at least not not putting that at concentrated effort to never forget that the reverence and the joy that is worship and yes there are there are technical things you know in modern churches with sound and you know your vocal preparation and your musical preparation 
But when that's done, then a switch is turned and you realize, okay, now we're here to empty the jar, so to speak, that, that alabaster jar that's poured out because there is that reverence and knowing that not only are you leading people into the presence of a living God, you're also joined in reverence with the heavenly hosts of sorts. Yeah, we are. And Scripture also says that we're being joined by the saints who have gone before mm-hmm. us, which is pretty amazing. So there's that. They're part of our daily lives and our worship. Moreover, we should be aware that angels are watching. Okay, this is... I don't know what y'all are going to think about this. <laughs> angels are watching our obedience or disobedience to God through the day. Do so they have little black books. And mark me down. down. <laughs> mark me down as not being a fan of that. You know, if we think our sin is done in secret and our sins bring grief to no one else except, of course, to God mm. Himself, it's rather sobering when we think that perhaps a couple, a dozen, perhaps even hundreds of angels witness our disobedience and are grieved. Mm. So they're, yeah. On the other hand, if we are discouraged and we think that, boy, I have been faithful to God and I've done what I'm really what God's calling me to do, and it's being witnessed by no one, I'm being encouraged by no one, we can be comforted by the realization that perhaps hundreds of angels are witnessing your lonely struggle. And they are daily peering into your life, longing to look. That's the scriptural phrase regarding our salvation. They long to look. And so angels are daily looking at the way Christ's great salvation is finding expression in our lives. I think they're fascinated by it. I think they're curious about it. And we know that they rejoice at the moment of salvation. They rejoice at the moment a sinner repents, Mm -hmm. but they don't fully understand the gospel. Mm. So it must be quite a, a ride for them. Mm-hmm. And especially when they here they are in the presence of God and that viewing us when we choose disobedience, mm. you know, and it, it, it I'm, I'm sure it, it grieves them. So, you know, as if to make the reality of angelic observation of our service to God more vivid, the author of Hebrews suggests that angels can sometimes take human form, mm-hmm. apparently to make like inspection visits. Like the Heavenly Health Department, the, sorts. yeah, the the restaurant critic. You know, I, I I put on a disguise, I go in and I eat a meal, and then I blog about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that inspection inspection visits is not a biblical term. Yeah, but there is definitely part of the, you do see that mm. in 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 Scripture. Hebrews thirteen two says, "Do not or don't neglect to show hospitality, for by doing this." Some have welcomed angels as guests without knowing it. Mm -hmm. Just today, somebody told us or told me that his brother had a flat tire. Were you with me out there? I wasn't. Okay, sorry. I was just told this today, that this was some time ago. His brother on the side of the interstate had a flat tire. A person stopped to help him. When he turned around to thank him, the guy was gone. Mm. And he believes that was an angelic visitation. Mm -hmm. And I have heard over the course of 38 years of ministry, I have heard so many stories like that. I mean, literally, 
I turned around and the person had completely disappeared. Might hear another one today. Well, we might. <laughs> uh, so you know, but he he says better show hospitality to everybody. And as a matter of fact, some of you already have entertained angels and you didn't even know it mm -hmm. because they came in human form. So that, that should make us eager to minister to the needs of others we do not know, all the while wondering if someday we'll reach heaven and meet the angel we helped when the angel appeared temporarily as a human being in distress here on earth. That'd be kind of cool. You get to heaven and look at an angel and go, Boy, haven't I met you before? You, <laughs> you look, look familiar. familiar. <laughs> I just have one of those faces. <laughs> the angel's going to be like, yeah, that's that's me. That's yeah, I get that. The angel probably says, I get that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, and we've mentioned this before, too, on a podcast. When we are suddenly, miraculously delivered from danger or distress, we might suspect that angels have been sent by God to help us, and we should be thankful. Now, Absolutely. I remember when I was a little kid, I couldn't have been maybe nine or 10 years old, riding down the end of my street on my bike, and the the street ended into another pretty busy road. It was a T-junction. And I rode out, and I never even slowed down. I never even stopped like a knucklehead kid. Mm -hmm. And I rode out in front of a car, and to this day, I cannot tell you how that car did not hit me. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I looked to my left, I saw the grill of the car about an inch from me. And when the next thing I knew, I was still riding and the car was still going. Mm -hmm. Now, was that an angel? I don't know. But there is, I'm just telling you, there's no human explanation for how I did just not get creamed by that car. For sure. And I often wonder if part of Going over the moments of our lives in heaven are going to be those times. Mm-hmm. You see that? Yeah. <laughs> I had, yeah, I had, I had you, you there. <laughs> I had you back. And that's the Psalm 91 deal about him giving oh, his angels charge over us. Absolutely. And, and again, just thinking to the interactions that angels have had with humans, I think of the angel that shut the mouths of the lion so that they would not hurt or kill Daniel. And then there's the angel who delivered the apostles from prison. And in a similar vein, an angel was sent to free Peter from prison. I think about the angels who ministered to Jesus in the wilderness. And Jesus was physically weak after fasting and being outdoors all that time, and the angels showed up. I think that up. was a 40-day deal. Was it? Yeah. yeah. It showed up immediately after the temptations mm -hmm. Jesus faced and ended. And one of my favorites for a reason that I'll share here today, Psalm 91 said, For he will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. They will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And I can't believe in talking today that this is a story for as long as we have known each other that I have not shared with you. Yeah, tell us. Um, to our listeners who I may not have shared this part of my background, my father was in a horrific car accident when I was 13. So this is going on now, 30 years ago. He was a... 20 years ago, uh, let's be honest. It's 30. <laughs> it's 30. Because that, that plays into the story because 30 years ago, there were no cell phones. There, yeah. you know, that there was none, none of that relatively available. There was no Life 360. You could not track someone in mm -hmm. their journeys. And at that point, my daddy was an amateur bass fisherman and would go up and fish tournaments with his brother. We were living in Florida at the time, and he would go up northern Alabama and fish with his brother. And many of these occasions, someone would go with him because he had a horrible habit, especially driving late into the night, 
of falling, falling asleep, asleep. Mm. falling asleep. So we can only imagine that that's what the mm-hmm. cause of the accident was because due to his injuries, my father does not remember. He remembers it was a single car accident. He remembers the car flipping once and then waking up in a ditch. In fact, the car flipped four times end over end and approximately six times side to side. Wow. And on the fourth time, he was ejected from the back glass. Now, here's where the angelic intervention and definitely divine intervention comes in. He landed in a 25-foot drainage ditch just past a 250-foot ravine, just on the front side of a 650-foot ravine in front of the last call box, because it used to say that back in the day when there were no cell phones, the last call box for 200 miles. And down the embankment, there was zero visibility. The fog was really deep that night. The call box was down the embankment, and there should have been no way that someone saw him down that embankment. But someone made a call at that last call box to this teeny tiny remote Prattville, Alabama. We'll give a shout out to Prattville, Alabama, and called and said, hey, there's a gentleman that's been in an accident. His injuries are such and such. Gave updates on his vitals said, tell so-and-so specifically by name, don't bring this equipment or that equipment. They need to bring this, this, and this. The the person that answered the phone said, okay, please stay there with him and we'll meet you there. And when help arrived, human help arrived, there was not only no one there, there was no record of a call being made from that call box and there was no evidence that anyone had gone down the embankment. That's amazing. we are we're thoroughly wow. convinced that yeah it was not his time. It wasn't his time. <laughs> and it, clearly, as he's still kicking, <laughs> and it, was, and it, it was not wow. his time. But you know, it's one of those things that our our family doesn't talk about a lot, but I think has resonated with us. And it's one of the reasons why I'm so drawn to mm-hmm. Psalm 91, mm-hmm. having experienced that in our own lives. That's incredible. So, with all thank these, you for telling us that. Yeah, I had not heard that before. Yeah, it was kind of a kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a big deal. Well, let's go on. You know, the, most of these have been pretty positive, but there are a few things that are cautionary mm-hmm. when it comes to our relationship with angels. One of the things Scripture warns us about, and quite frankly, we do very little thinking about this, is what, what I believe. I, I don't ever hear, even in pastor world, I've never really remember even having a conversation mm-hmm. about this with anybody. Scripture warns us, and it, it tells us to beware of receiving false doctrine from angels. Mm-hmm. So, okay, where does that come from, and how would that happen? Yeah, I don't and know. How would we I'd... know? I mean, if something with six eyes and wings showed up and said, I'm a messenger, I, I, would... <laughs> I, I would probably listen, maybe. <laughs> so how do we decipher, how do we decipher that? Yeah, it, that's a that's a tough one. So the Bible warns us about receiving false doctrine from supposed, supposed. angels. Mm-hmm. So Paul says in Galatians 1.8, but even if we, and he's talking about he, him and the other preachers, evangelists, mm-hmm. but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, a curse be on him. So the Holy Spirit's warning us about this through Paul because the Spirit knows there's a possibility of deception. Mm. 
Elsewhere, Paul teaches us that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So that certainly could, you know, false doctrine comes from the enemy, of course. And in the Old Testament book of 1 Kings, you read this story about this a, a lying prophet who mm. deceived the man of God. And the, the lying prophet said, An angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with you into your house, that he may eat bread and drink water. It's in 1, Corinthians, uh, 1 Kings 13. Yet the text of Scripture immediately adds in the same verse, but he lied to him. Hmm. So there's an angel in an interaction with a human being saying, I've got a word from the Lord, but he lied about it. Well, and I think, it, let's go back to that Scripture in Galatians where, it, where 1, eight, where it says, but even if an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, mm-hmm. so basically contrary to the truth, then a curse be on him. I mean, I think that's a great takeaway, just whether we're talking about angels or not. It, as we yeah. are, as we're t- constantly exposed to this person's truth, that person's truth, that that's a that's just a good application. That filter, that lens that we should look through. I don't care if it's this person's truth or not. If it's contrary right. to biblical truth, then it's a lie. It's a lie, and he says, "Let a curse, let them be accursed." And I don't think Paul there is saying an angel from heaven would preach a contrary gospel. Mm-hmm. I think he's saying, even if, mm-hmm. you know, the gospel we preach to you is the gospel. Mm-hmm. So if I stop preaching that, let me be accursed. If Peter or John or Luke start preaching of con- anything contrary to what you've been told so far, mm-hmm. let them be. Even if an angel drops down out of heaven and mm-hmm. says, don't believe it. So it's kind of like a hyperbole of sorts, I think you so. know, like in, a, a in reference case, there. Is, yeah. 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 Because we know the angels in heaven don't understand the gospel. Mm-hmm. So, anyhow, there are instances of false doctrine for guidance being conveyed by angels or people claiming an angel has spoke to them. I've heard that before. Well, you know, I had an angel speak to me. You say, well, who in the world, where would you get that from? And I, I think that we'd hear more about that today. Well, an angel told me. Mm-hmm. And so this is a new revelation. And by the way, kitchen table theologians, whenever you hear some preacher teacher, you know, I have a new revelation, you get up and run mm-hmm. out of there. Mm-hmm. And I hear it all the time on Christian television, which mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. Let, let's not go there. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that these examples of, you know, okay, an angel told me this. There's a clear possibility of satanic deception tempting us to disobey the clear teachings of Scripture or the clear commands of God. So these warnings of don't listen to anything, even if it's an angel preaching a gospel to you, if it's not what you got, you know, if it's not the true gospel of Jesus Christ, don't have anything to do. Because we know from 1 Kings, some angel can show up, talk to a person, and lie. Mm-hmm. So that angel obviously wasn't an angel from heaven. But you say, well, when when would it, who would say that an angel spoke to them and you, they would give a new doctrine? I got one word for you. Mormonism. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what Mormonism is based on. Mm-hmm. The Mormons teach that an angel named Moroni spoke to Joseph Smith, I think it was in upstate New York, and revealed to him the basis of the Mormon religion. So such quote-unquote revelation 
is contrary to the teaching of Scripture on numerous points. Mm-hmm. You've got the doctrine of the Trinity, that the Mormonism is messed up on that. The personhood of Christ really messed up on that. Justification by faith alone, that's that's all whacked out. Mm-hmm. A lot of other doctrines, and Christians should be warned against accepting these claims. Mm-hmm. And just as you said, what were some of the the verbiage that a false teacher might use? You know. Oh yeah, well you'll hear a lot about new revelation. I've got a new revelation. I've got a, I've got a new word from the Lord. Mm-hmm. God spoke this to me today mm-hmm. or yesterday when I was in the Word. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you mean by that? You mean you heard an audible voice? Mm-hmm. Is it something in addition to Scripture? Is it something you just want to do? <laughs> Is it something <laughs> to prop yourself up a little higher, yeah. which most of the time it is? Oh, God speaks to her. God mm-hmm. speaks to him. I don't get spoken to by, you know, God mm-hmm. doesn't speak to me like that. And I think if we pull back again, that's just another practical application. We can all be susceptible to this of putting our faith in people that that teach and preach versus putting our faith in Christ. Yeah. And and that gets really muddy. But sometimes. even those who teach and preach, I I won't call his name, but just died last year at 99 years old. There was a faith healer evangelist that Mm -hmm. was on television for years, Mm -hmm. and eventually just became a caricature of himself. Mm -hmm. But he had a so-called church, and it was always televised, and everything was painted in gold, and there were angels everywhere Mm -hmm. because he had received supposedly revelations from angels through the years Mm -hmm. of things that God wanted him to preach. And, you know, our answer to that should be, you don't need that. Everything God wants us to teach, preach, and know is in the Word of God. It's in the Word. And this is 66 books. So that's a good one to be wary of. What else should we be aware of? Yeah, we should hurry along here. We're I I think it would be good if we were reminded, and we'll I'll I'll wrap it up with, with this. Remind us of a couple things under the under the umbrella of cautions. We're not to worship angels. We are not to pray to angels. We're not to go around seeking angels and their presence. So, you know, worship of angels was one of the false doctrines that the church at Colossae had to contend with. And as I mentioned earlier, an angel in the book of Revelation forbade John from worshiping him, and he told John we're to worship only God. So we're not to worship angels. Secondly, we're not to pray to angels. We're to pray only to God, only God's omniscient, only God's able to answer and hear all of our prayers, only God's able to hear the prayers of all of his people at at once. And, you know, there are people who pray to angels. They believe in that. If you pray to an angel or pray to anything else Mm -hmm. instead of to God in the name of Jesus, we're looking for that other thing to be a mediator between us and God. You're kind of looking— Jesus plus. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, I've got my angel, and my angel's mm-hmm. appeared to— I mean, I've, I've, I've heard <laughs> this. You know, so you're kind of looking for someone or something to kind of help you out with God, mm-hmm. right? But Paul says there's one God, and there's one mediator between God and man, and that's the man, Jesus Christ. And if we pray to angels, we're according to them a status equal to God, which we're forbidden to do. And even the angel says, don't do that. Don't worship me. Don't pray to me. Just stick with God. So in addition to that, there's no example in Scripture of anyone anywhere praying to any specific angel or even asking angels for help. You can't find that in the Bible. 
So then what about, and we touched on this in the last podcast too, what about people looking for their guardian angel or people saying they saw an angel or using angels kind of as spirit guides? What a, that, that sounds a little, little wonky. What about that well, kind of stuff? Well, that's because it is. <laughs> wonky? Is yeah. that, that official a, I think that's in the Greek. Term, I'll, I'll find it in the yeah, Greek somewhere. Scripture gives us no indication that we should ever ask for the appearance of of an angel. Oh, God, please send me an angel that I can see. We're we're never to pray and ask God to show us an angel. For instance, God angels do manifest themselves rarely, but when they do uh, manifest themselves to a human, it's only because they are on a mission of purpose, having been sent by God to do something specific. And we always know what is in the angel handbook. The first sentence you say to any human being is, don't be afraid, mm-hmm. fear not. That's like <laughs> angel one, angelology 101 up in heaven. Well, what do I say? Tell them, don't be afraid, because they're going to freak out yep. and fall on the ground. <laughs> so to seek an angelic appearance, to seek a visitation, seems to indicate an unhealthy curiosity or you know that we've got a desire for some kind of spectacular supernatural event because that's so much more fun rather than me just living my life loving my God mm. and being devoted to him and his work and seeking him first and his kingdom first mm-hmm. that that's just kind of mundane and man where's where's the bells and whistles in that I'd Boy, Christian life would be a whole lot more fun if I could just see an angel. I need the sparkles. Yeah. Let me tell you something. If you saw an angel, you would be wishing you had not seen the angel. You know, you go back and read some of the appearances of angels to people, and you'll very quickly discover that those people never sought those appearances. Our role, you and I, in the supernatural world is to talk to God, who's the commander of all the angel armies, and then... If God deems it necessary to send one angel or many angels our way, Mm -hmm. that's his call and not ours. However, it doesn't seem wrong. I don't think it's wrong because this is scriptural to ask God to fulfill his promise of Psalm 91 to send angels to protect us in times of need. And that's that's a prayer that is founded in scripture. Mm -hmm. And I think we just... We trust the process, right? You know, if we, <laughs> ah, trust the process. If we you know, not, not yeah. an Alabama football reference, but we trust the process from the standpoint of, you know, we often pray for, you know, as the school year starts, a hedge of protection yeah. for our teachers yeah. and our students as, as they enter a new school year. But it's year. all based in Scripture. And we trust God to work. However yeah. he wants to work out that right. hedge, whether right. that's angels or whatever that might be, that that's a part of them, then him fulfilling his mm-hmm. purposes. But I don't yeah. even think it's wrong to, to, in prayer to say, you know, Father, would you, you know, we so-and-so is going on this trip. Mm-hmm. Would you please send your angels mm-hmm. to protect and guard and, and guide. guide? Yeah, That's a prayer based on Psalm 91. Nothing wrong at all with ask, asking mm-hmm. God to do that. And I think God sees our heart in that, sure. too, that we're not saying, you know, again, that putting we're angels above him. We're not asking to him. show up. Yeah. I don't want... You, don't manifest an angel, you know. I'm going to be here with my camera. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got somebody who sent me a picture. They're convinced they took a picture out the the uh, window of an airplane, and there was an angel sitting on the wing. And i got to be honest, it really looked like what you think an angel would look like. But I I, 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 I also know. saw Mickey Mouse in the clouds one time, though, too. So, you know, 
<laughs> Not to discourage this individual from. Of course you did. Yeah. See a no. lot of things up there. So anyway, we should end now. <laughs> we we're, we're we're we're, we're we starting should. to digress. Well, hey, if you guys enjoyed listening today to our podcast and any of the other episodes, then we want you to take a moment and leave us a review. That way, more kitchen table theologians like you can discover us. It only takes about sixty seconds, and it really does make a difference. We love reading your reviews. And we all would also love for you to recommend this podcast to your friends and family and consider sharing it on social media. Please check out today's episode notes for further information and resources. And don't forget to head over to jeffcranston.com where you may freely access our podcast archives and other resources to help your faith journey, like Pastor Jeff Sermons, his books, and his blog. Our next topic on our next podcast will be... Where do demons come from? Yeah, we've got to talk about this now because demons are angelic beings. And uh, so it's time to get into that a little bit. So whether that sounds interesting or scary or thought-provoking, we hope that you'll join us next time. And as we leave you today, we want to encourage you to always remember that the real power of theology is not just knowing it, but But applying applying it. it. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's Word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.